you're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Hello, welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to discuss horror films both old and new. I'm your host, Saul Marte, and we're continuing the theme of looking back at uh, a couple of the uh, Stuart Gordon movies who uh, sadly passed away just uh, fairly recently. So we're, we're dedicating a couple of his um his movies that he's done and we're about the third one in so if you haven't caught uh, our previous ones we've had a quick look at reanimator which was a massive massive classic and we've also looked at from beyond which i found a newfound love for i i had seen it many years ago and i and i'm i'm digging it once again i, I it's i'm gonna i, I want to go back i want to go back i tell you so it's a it's a good one to mix up so we're plowing on though with the third choice of uh, the Stuart Gordon films and we're going to be looking at dolls and I thought it quite suitable that we should bring aboard a fellow podcaster Richard Lovegrove for this one. Welcome aboard Richard. I'm young at heart I guess. <laughs> Hello. Hi buddy. Um, there you go. So, so we, I'm good mate I'm good thank you for uh, thank you for joining us here. Um, Anytime. So, and the reason I was, I might have been a bit cryptic here, and but the reason I've got you on board for this one is because you joined us not so long ago for uh, our discussions on Puppet Master. Join us. Join us. Um, which yeah. was also uh, by um, Charles Band and his production mm-hmm. company. So, um, and you, and Dolls in particular came out two years prior to Puppet Master. And, we were just talking off, off record how there's a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, mm. I'm not just with their creature, uh, with their special effects that's on show, but also just the the, the style and approach of, of the film. Because it's you know that in in this particular one they get kind of hold up in this kind of back of beyond mansion run by this mm. elderly couple, and likewise Puppet Master was you know, set up in a, um, a weird mansion, wasn't it? In like a, some kind of... Yeah, it was like a hotel or something. Oh, yeah, exactly. And if you look at Demonic Toys as well, which is also part of the same uh, production company, again, with the band guys, is that mm. it's uh, that one was set in kind of an abandoned toy factory. So there is this kind of, oh. uh, this kind of huge building kind of structure that's kind of isolated and out the way where these little creatures come to life. And mm. uh, and so yeah, so it's kind of kind of interesting one. So before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty, uh, we were just chatting off record. But I'll ask the question to you again: uh, When was the first time you watched this, buddy? I hadn't seen this before. Yeah, um, I'd seen the poster. Um, and the good thing about these old eighties movies and iconic movies, not necessarily eighties movies, is when they have good artwork, or it used to be in the day when you would walk around the video easy or the Civic yeah. video or whatever, um, you would see all the posters up. And I used to love walking through the horror section because it was always this creative artwork. And this was one of the ones that I, I remember seeing, but never really wanted to go near because I was like, yeah, it looks too creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, finally getting to uh, sink my teeth into it uh, was really, really enjoyable. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, had, the, I had the same reaction, actually, when I, when I watched it. I, and equally, it was one of those ones that had passed me by and uh, and I I like the journey of it. I think it was a, it was kind of I mean it, it's a bit raw around the edges, but it, it kind of more than makes up mm. for, for the plot that unfolds. Um, mm. 
yeah, so I kind of really, I really enjoyed the journey for this one. And I know we're kind of going out on, on a, straight off the bat there um, and kind of placing our thoughts on the film quite mm. early on. But it's also, um, I think, I'm slowly realising how much I really dig Stuart Gordon's direction. Mm. And, uh, and it's becoming all the more so for kind of having now revisiting a, a handful of his films, uh, how, how cool he was. As Absolutely, a no. and uh, and yeah. and he was he had a certain visual style which I think it was it was unique and it, this is carried on in this film too despite as I said the similarities to the band stuff later on but there is this kind of what I'm trying to say this kind of not just kind of the gore factor because he was known for the kind of amping up the gore but also mm-hmm. this um, ability to kind of throw humor into the mix. Which uh, yeah. I, I really enjoy, I really enjoy the way he handles that. So it's not just it's not all kind of doom and gloom. There's a bit of kind of lightheartedness. That's not cheap. yeah exactly. You know, it's it's quite it's quite fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it keeps that sort of thing even with the the sort of moralistic thread that it sticks without it, and you're hoping that it sticks by it. Um, but yeah. even from the very beginning, like you know, you get a, a sense of this sort of it's off kilter creepy. And the good thing about mm. creepiness is that it's on that border of where things are okay. It's that in that uncanny valley. So that when you see uh, that Star Wars uh, Princess Leia. Uh, thing which they've recently redone on the um, deep fakes and done it a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you get to get this like a uh, sense of unease purely because your brain is trying to find it's like it, it's doing the processing for you and yeah, uh, yeah, and it, you get into that sort of creepy valley there. Uh, that's why clowns and everything like that sort of became very creepy and popular. Um, but a, a lot of horror films sort of try and do it, and, and sometimes it's because of budget. Um, but a lot of the time, it's because of the direction and because of the flow of how you're executing each of these shots. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of it, shots in this that sort of reminded me of um, Ed Wood and how he would make films, um, yeah. how he would just suddenly cut to stock footage. And like in the early bit, when they're sort of driving the car, they had this hard cut to the storm and then hard cut back in the car, and it's yeah. passage of time. But um, it it felt very much like, you know, off kilter from that. It was, that was the only bit really that felt to me that it was, you know, a, uh, a budget film. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what the budget of the film was, but it didn't seem like it was, it was massive, but it also didn't seem like it was anything to uh, sniffle at. No, no, that's right. And I will probably look that up while we're, while we're chatting off the side. Mm. I will be interested to see what that was. Mm. Oh, there you go. So the budget was $2 million for this one. And yeah, no. Nice. Uh, three point five at the box office, so a small profit. Um, mm. Yeah, so but you're right. It's it's. I mean, it relies on on the effects, which again is as just to kind of mention again is part of what the uh, Charles mm. Band kind of and Brian Usner uh, combo had uh, established. But to arc back what you were saying as well, like the the poster art for it, and you know, again, I, my early memory of it was was the poster art of it in my local video store. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, like with a doll holding up its eyeballs to the... Yeah. Uh, you know, well, to- I also um, was looking into it as well, and I, I could be wrong, but I feel like this is one of those films where they designed the artwork for the film and then they were, had to build the premise and, uh, and write a script around the poster. <laughs> is that right? That's Because it's I, actually I, one of the most notable moments in the movie too, to be... You know, from my yeah, it was a pretty, pretty gruesome point. 
Yeah, yeah, and and especially because of like modern effects and things like this. But um, it's it's sort of ripped apart a bit now. But I think if one thing we learnt from the remake of the thing was that sometimes less is better. It's it's yeah, like you know, that yeah. idea of um, trying to paint over too many things will make it look like it's been painted over. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you know, e- even when you exactly first get that first glimpse when they're it's it's in the back of them and they don't realise that she's sitting there and it sort of has a flash of lightning yes it's, um it's creepy because it's in the same scene with them it, and, yes. and it's moving and the light is viscerally affecting it the good thing about these old films is that they take time to show what those real things are even if it's yep. stop animation or if it's includes, including uh, puppetry and things like that into it there was even a scene in this which i was thinking um may have been a green screen or some form of chroma key where yep. um uh, it's it's in the final battle with punch um but oh yeah running around the table um yeah. but it could easily have been done with strings and and, and things like that um uh, magicians a lot of the time when they're doing floating acts this is revealing a little thing but it's anyone <laughs> who doesn't know magic knows um it, it's a very fine thread in which you'll sort of loop around like a yeah. button in your jacket or something this and it allows you to look like you're suspending something in midair and the easiest way to do that uh to get the finest sort of uh thread to do that is to pull apart nylon stockings um, and that gives you the sort of easiest thread and you just sit there for hours and do that. <laughs> um, but it, if you were filming it, you, it won't show up, especially if you're lighting it right. And a mm-hmm. lot of the time they'll like, you know, pump smoke onto the stage so that you won't see the, the threads. It'll sort of destroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Processes like that, exactly. In these older sort of films, it is like uh, even Tom Savini style. It's practical stuff where it's the tricks yeah. of the trade that make it individual and make it so much more impacting. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly cool. It's certainly cool. All right, so look, uh, so those listeners out there who have kind of followed us for a little while, you know the drill by now. We kind of start kind of dicing and dissecting the film, going through the plot narrative. So this is what um, Richard and I are going to do now and as we talk through it, and we'll deviate slightly off from that as we kind of comment along the way. Uh, so hopefully you've seen the film, and if not, uh, you should go definitely go check it out uh, and then come back and listen to us and, and rant and rave, or if you're not that bothered, let's just hear us kind of rant and rave anyway so mm-hmm. let's uh let's take a look at it so we open up the film as you said it's it's one of those kind of typical uh, remind me a little bit you know the rocky horror kind of moment where mm-hmm. we have uh people driving to uh a drove oh, through a country lane with the rain and lashing down sorry richard what were you gonna say no, no, no. I was just going to say before that with the, um, I thought you were even going to say in the title cards, how you have the, the lips coming through the black in uh, Rocky Horror. Uh, yeah. You have the single heads of each of these um, dolls with the credits, opening credits. Um, and it's nice also sometimes when you put on an old movie that you sort of can go, okay, well, I'll get settled in now. I'll get the yeah. cup of tea or whatever, you know, um, and, and be able to, to watch a film and, and listen to a, an overture pretty much. It's yeah, really just yeah, yeah. all it is. It's carrying on from those original days where you're allowed to have a, a score beforehand yeah. and a, an intermission in the middle and stuff like that. Sometimes a lot of these films, one of my favorites is The Bad Seed. And they actually, um, it was a play that they had on stage, which they had just filmed, I think on the same set and everything like this. And at the end they would, film the actors coming out and bowing and everything like that and it's it's a surreal sort of experience when you think of now how modern films are made but even from that um title sequence it's sort of i liked its simplicity and it's like you know you get to see some of the dolls in their funny looking faces and stuff like that (laughs) but um (laughs) it's yeah 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 that, that was nice um and then yeah you go intro straight into this sort of like situation where it's the three of them in the car um, and you instantly suspect that it's the mother, father, and the daughter 
yeah. um, but it, something's off. Like, you know, someone's upset about something and she's clinging yeah. hold of, to a bear sitting in there. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's, it feels very much like uh, Rocky Horror because you get the storm sequence, which uh, very quickly happens into it after having a little bit of uh, dialogue about saying, oh, no, no, that's right. This is later on when she starts saying, you're not my mother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not my mom. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know what a point as well, but they do drive past the um, the two girl hitchhikers as well. As that's, a, that's right. That's like the opening shot. Yeah. It's the two hitchhikers on the street and yeah. the car um, speeds around a corner and they fly off the side laughing and giggling and swearing yes. at them. Yes. Uh, and, and they're English. Um, that's right. Very English. English, like sort of rockers yes. and um, punk rockers. Uh, and the husband says, uh, you almost hit them. And she says, do you want me to go back and try again? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I like it. It's the that, setup. That's already, that already tells you the humor of the piece, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Where we're going with this. The lady that's the... The stepmom, if you will, is uh, Caroline, Caroline Hurdy Gordon, uh, who used to be married to Stuart Gordon. And she was also in Reanimator and she, as, as one of the nurses at the beginning and at the very end. Oh. And she also crops up in From Beyond as, as a bit more of a meteor role, again playing uh, a doctor in that one. So, oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so she was. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Time. I remember her and she's got big uh, square glasses That's in um, Reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously she was married to the director, but so <laughs> be easy to kind of get apart maybe. Um, but yeah. yeah, just thought, just uh, mention her uh, in the mix. And as I said, so we've got her and uh, the, the actual father uh, who uh, was played by Ian Patrick Williams, the uh, character's name is David Bauer, and his uh, daughter, Jodie, and she is, is already in, um, noted early on that she has a pretty active imagination and has mm. these kind of like vivid kind of daydreams uh, during the mix. And we see kind of various pockets of that along the way. And they kind of uh, are driving along and they kind of end up kind of getting banked, uh, banked up, don't they? And the, the car getting bogged down in the dirt. Yeah, they get bogged. Yeah. And and we can tell by the way the dad is that he's a bit of a dick, straight up. <laughs> yeah, they're both a bit of a dick. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dick there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. one dick and one cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like you know they're just uh, they're, they're not pleasant people, and we we already feel for the yeah. girl that's in this predicament where it's it's never really said. Oh, it's kind of implied that you know that she has to look up, she has to spend time with her with her dad. And mm. the, the potentially fighting for custody, I think it's said in there from memory. Yeah, yeah. Later on, they're talking about um, child custody and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, payments and things. But um, yeah, you, that's where you get the um, thing where she says, don't, "Mummy says don't swear," and she says, "You're not my mummy." Yes. Um, uh, Ro- Rosemary. Rosemary. <laughs> I was Mary. But yeah, but it also like I, I liked in these sequences too that it was her driving as well. Like you know, she was the one who almost yeah. hit them. It yes. wasn't him. It's and I was I didn't know if it was going to go that route of of setting up that um, she was going to be more of the villain than him. Uh, yeah, but they seemed just as bad as each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it did start that way, didn't it? Like you do feel mm. like she's the one that's um, that's pulling the punches a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, and I didn't know if it was a more like you know Macbeth sort of vibe. Um, yeah, same when yeah. we get to the house though too, but um, but it's not, and and I, and I like it. 
Yeah, and I mean, she's she's also the one that's got uh, the money as well. So she's yeah, we established that yeah exactly yeah. later when they're in the bed. So that um, kind of lend weight to him, kind of um, sugar, you know, sugaring up to her a little bit rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems strange too with the dynamic that she was automatically sort of pissed off that like you know he has the kid. What 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 is he bringing to the the situation if he's yeah, he not bringing he the money he's that, bringing a kid yeah. which is negative it's just it's strange motivation from that point oh, that could be man. the reason he's of the tension man. yeah <clears throat> who knows and the good thing i like about this too is that there's not really a lot of exposition before they get to the house it's all done in yeah. their interaction we understand that they're just not nice people or their morals are aren't in the nicest place because even after they've gotten bogged and i like going into sort of the process of going, well, what have you got in the boot? If you've got cardboard, stick it underneath. Like, you know, you can go to create something to chock it so that it gives it some, something to go with. But anyway, um, when they get out and start, and start walking along and she's makes the justification that she's going to move faster without the teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's either really stupid because it's obviously not as heavy as a person. It's not covering <laughs> her from walking like this. Um, but uh, either that or she's extremely cruel. Or maybe a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they sort of even out each other at this sort of area. But, yeah, um, that's right. That's right. And so you're right. And so she does, as they're kind of wandering along, she picks mm. up the, the teddy bear and throws it away into the bushes. And this is another example of where we get this over-imaginative um, kind of child where active yeah. uh, imagination. And she imagines this kind of giant killer teddy bear stalking through the woods and basically mm. kind of ripping apart the stepmom yeah and the stepdad too and the stepdad as well that's right yeah. oh, the actual dad and it's great because at the end of that she looks at it and she's just like oh teddy and he just like holds his hands up and goes whoa, 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 whoa. What i thought you yeah. wanted me to kill these stupid yeah. people it was um, great and then yeah. then she gets flicked on the back of the head by the mother-in-law character and it's obvious that that really hurt the kid yeah 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 <laughs> it's like shit ow like, like you know acting no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no. just like, oh, we don't need to do that. We've got sound effects for that crap. Um, but, <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, um, I liked that too because even with the subtlety of that, they had walking up there and stripping the um, the bear from her and throwing it into the woods. You still had the silhouette of him up on the um, this like you know hill, backlit in this sort of very the thing poster sort yeah. of style. So even with shots like that, like you know, they're still taking care of stuff. But then there's multiple times that they realize the. Um, the properties there like you know there's when they're in the car and they look over and say oh look there's there's a light then when they're walking up there which also too when they're in the car it's pouring down with rain in yeah, the car yeah 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 then right. suddenly <laughs> stop suddenly it's all it's all gone there's just a yeah. big puddle that he steps in yeah um it was also a lot darker but anyway um yeah that they see the house and so they start trudging up to that because that was just a hallucination from the little girl yes that's right um which I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be. I thought it was going to come back a bit later on. It was going to actually have a mass, massive teddy bear. Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. Who could teddy? But it was, yeah. It's still cool and, and innocent, as you say, to throw in that sort of humor element where she's in the know because it's a dream as well. She's in the know and sort of it shows what she's feeling too on the inner side yeah, because yeah, she's like, oh, wants that yeah, stream yeah. to happen. Yeah. Well, yeah fantasizing about it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, so they eventually uh, reach the, uh, this abandoned, well, it looks like an abandoned kind of mansion in the middle of nowhere, and they break in to the mm-hmm. cellar to try and get out of the 
they do try the front door first. They, they rat do. a tat oh, tat right. on the door. No, nobody answers. Mm. That's right. They go, well, no, they, they do. do. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that they sort of even took the time to show that because there's not really in that scene, in that shot, anything else that's spoken about the house besides that it's, it might be huge so that you might not hear it at one end of the house because they're yeah. just knocking. Yeah. Um, but also, too, um, there's a little bit more character development there, I think, between the mother and the daughter. Well, the stepmother. Stepmother. It might just be purely because I was thinking the whole time when she was holding onto the kid, don't rip her arm out of the socket. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was um, a, a lot of shots in this where you sort of get that impression of just going, oh, how safe is everything? This is the 80s. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, it, it, it's, that's what I mean. It still feels like it has a pretty lighthearted sort of effect towards the whole, like, film so even at this point then they go to break into the the cellar they find an, an open door that opens suddenly um, and <laughs> when she's told to go in she doesn't want to go in and they do this great little like you know out of the wings vaudeville style pulling in from the arm like you know say so you see the uh, the mother-in-law's hand coming out and then pulling yeah out. yeah 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 so yeah exactly and, and exactly they're so closely intertwined that in a horror film it's hard to go here's a boring story that then leads into a a climax and, and, and a, a big shift of horror element. Yeah. So adding elements of humor as well adds the, the levity and certain elements of personality, which um, can't be afforded to in just cramming dialogue or expositional dialogue in there. Uh, and I think a lot of people sort of forget that, but it needs to be natural. It's the same sort of thing with acting and stuff like that. You can't yeah. just be going the whole time going, no, I am this person. You just got to go relax and give in to your instincts because you know what you've got to do in that sort of circumstance. Yeah, um, but yeah. Speaking of which, the the young girl who's in this is a great little performer. She doesn't have too much to contend with, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. But yeah. I am thinking things like, uh, was it Poltergeist? Um, like you yeah. know, or um, some other films where I'm sure, like you know, Jurassic Park. Even I mean that would have been awfully traumatic. Um, the scene when they're doing the animatronic uh, T Rex coming in through the yeah, top yeah. of the glass. And um, even though they have, I think it was Colby's Law way back in the, um, the teens, uh, which <clears throat> was, uh, I think it's Colby's Law. It's the child's law protecting yeah, them, uh, the, the actors, actors if they're in a yeah. film um, because uh, their parents ran off with a whole bunch of money and, um, uh, and spent it all. And so he didn't have anything to his name. So he took his parents to court and they won. But I think it's only something like 15% that they're, they have to save they um out of the 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 money and back then too it was a lot worse than now they didn't have anything like royalties or anything so even people like mickey rooney had to work up until his very old age because he wasn't able to make money off all of those uh classic films from mgm and and, and things like that that he and judy garland have participated in just because the laws were were different back then uh and and once they had that contract it was all their footage it was owned by them, their likeness and everything. So it was very hard to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it just, that, that's why I was thinking about pulling the arm out of the socket too, because you're thinking about the animals in these early films and you're thinking about the, um, the, the children um, because of exploitative films and just saying, no, 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 keep your head under the water for longer. <laughs> like, you know, as in uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they finally get inside the house and it's cool because you have another sort of, sort of slapstick bit where um, she yeah. hears something and, and, and you sort of see a little puppet in the, the corner or, or you're yeah. not too sure what it is. It looks like a little naked demon um, <laughs> or something like this. Or as they say later on, like a little pygmy race or something like that, which was just like, oh. Um, but yeah, she steps back and trips over and um, runs into Ian Wallace or whatever his name is. And, yeah. uh, and he falls all over these 
big oh. stack of boxes and yeah. then Slight, the timing is brilliant because then this stack of like wicker furniture just sort of like wicker baskets just lands in on top of him and he just goes nice or something like that it's <laughs> yeah, some yeah, sort yeah. of great response it's just like yeah it's, it's cool because also too there's no cuts in that like you nice. get to see the whole fall and everything so it's even if it's as flimsy as you go oh they wouldn't get knocked over by that you can still give it up to chance of just saying yeah. well everything happened there and um, they reacted accordingly so it could be comical or it could be a false scare because after that then you instantly get the scare of the uh, the door opening at the top of the cellar stairs yeah and which has the other uh, the, the, yeah. I was going to say grandparents but no 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 the two elderly people two elderly people yeah so there's Gabriel Hartwick and his wife Hilary and uh, yeah they open up the door and mm. greet their unwanted uh, visitors as they arrive. The guy, Rolf, the guy that plays Gabrielle in this, <clears throat> would actually crop up in Puppet Master 3, 4, 5, and Retro Puppet Master as Andre Toulon, so who was mm-hmm. one of the uh, designers of the puppets, if you're a fan of the uh, series. He was a British actor, um, and he was in also in earlier on was in And Now the Screaming Starts, which was another... Mm horror classic in British circles at least. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, with a plethora of stuff to his name prior to that. Uh, he was a veteran actor. And I also mm-hmm. want to mention uh, Hilary Mason, who uh, plays Hilary Hartwick in this, mainly because she's the blind psychic lady in Don't Look Now, which is one of my all-time favourite films and um and i was just sitting there watching it when when i was watching dolls and when it came when she came in i was like wait 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 that's that's (laughs) (laughs) and she's laughing and she's laughing sorry yes uh yeah so yeah so i was kind of like uh kind of like oh awesome she's in that that's brilliant so that Mm. got me a little bit excited um so yeah so with all that said and done, um, as I said, they enter the room and there's a bit of a, a moment, but they and and they're a bit frosty at first, but then they kind of turn out to be just kind of supposedly kind of kind-hearted couple, um, and they invite them to stay for the night. Uh, yeah, yeah, which was kind of interesting. And, and they greet them with a, a shotgun as well, uh, yes. a double-barrel shotgun. Uh, which is all old style, and they're wearing their sort of uh, old attire, a man who can pull off a cravat. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, but sort of change their tune when they see her, and as they're being led up the stairs, um, uh, the the old man has more of an interaction with her and has a great quote too, where it's, she, he says, you, you aren't afraid of the dark, are you? She goes, no, just what's in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's great yeah that is cool I, li- I did like that line too the yeah and 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 that what well, i will touch on some going back to something you said uh as they entered the house itself and you said with the door kind of suddenly opens it's almost like the, the the house itself is is luring them in without them realizing it um yeah there's this kind of magical fantasy kind of element that's at play within this film because mm, she keeps referring to um, fairies and elves, and I'm not too sure if she. My mind instantly went to when um, there was a newspaper article way, way, way back when with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I think it was, and he validated a letter and a photograph 
of uh, a girl took in her garden of yeah. fairies or what she thought were fairies. And he yeah. said, yes, they were. Um, and it was, it, it, I'm not too sure, but instantly that's where my sort of head went or when referring to that. So even though it's like a very evil dead sort of shot, yeah, it's a very sort of mystical realm. And a lot of people too, I don't know if, um, people understand the folklore of fairies itself and fairy tales are very dark. Like, um, yeah, they are. Yeah. Even with Tinkerbell and things like that, she can only have enough room for one emotion at a time. So it's like, you know, it can be very chaotic and, and, and they're a lot creepier (laughs) even in like, you know, the original texts to the modern day, like, you know, amplifications of universes and stuff like that. But it's, it's really interesting. And I found it interesting too, that she kept on referring to them as elves or, um, or pixies or fairies and things like that too. Um, but again, like even from the original, um, sort of religious, uh, works, tricksters and stuff like that were like the first gods, like, you know, way back in the sort of the Celtic days and they would to, to explain certain things away like disease or, or, or cattle dying or like, you know, uh, any sort of thing that would happen in your community that would be awful. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's always come from even a, a dark root of our, um, our fears, uh, which has been fairy tales. So it's, it's good. Even things like troll, like, you know, <laughs> as cheesy as they do it can be done creepy. Like, and I guess you've got the creature, of the black lagoon and, and, and yeah. even things like that, that sort of more take that sort of route. But Lovecraft, brings those sort of two elements together, the sort of natural and unnatural um, in, in, in our minds. And, and there's so many different applications of it to it. Um, even with like, you know, a reanimator going from one element to then expanding onto uh, different elements, i.e. being the thing. Like, you know, yeah. you, you could start having the reanimator films and, and the idea of like a pet cemetery sort of thing. Yes. Or, or the idea of creatures actually coming and growing out of side of you like an alien. Yes. Um, and, 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 and yeah, that's what's brilliant about these films as well because they have all of that in the cinematography and, and then these, these two characters that come in and bring you into it, but are so welcoming. And that's what, <laughs> it's yeah. brilliant. They tried yeah. to replicate I, that, I guess. And I think, that's, I think that's what's kind of cool about it is that they are kind of this elderly, kind of really uh, inviting and warm couple. Mm. That makes it all the more eerie. Um, mm as to what's, what's at play, you know, and that's, and I, I liked, I like that component. Mm. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. And so like, so when they, uh, they, they invite them into the house proper, um, mm. that's when I think they're in the kitchen or they're getting ready to eat or something. And that's when, uh, we get to uh, three other people kind of enter the scene and we, we see the two hitchhikers again from the, uh, yeah, from, uh, the uh, first scene, but they're also accompanied by Ralph. Uh, Ralph guy, yeah, this kind of bumbling kind of American dude. And yeah, oh, Ralph's great. Yeah, I liked his character. Yeah, played by yeah. Stephen Lee. Um, but yeah, it was it was a cool, cool little kind of yeah, bumbling kind of dude uh, with a mm. with a big heart. And so there's this. Uh, I do want to mention too that the uh, the one of the girls who uh, is uh, she plays Isabel, so she's a bit more of the feisty of the two punk kind mm. of rock chicks. He's played by a lady called Bunty Bailey, and if she looks familiar, it's because mm, she's the chick in Take On Me by Aha in the video. Um, oh. which kind of was a big, big kind of thing for me. It was like I was, I was again had a similar reaction 
um, in that I was like, I know you, I know you from somewhere. I've seen your face. And I had to kind of Google it and find out. And that's mm. when it struck a chord. I was like, oh yeah, that's her. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So she's, she did do one other thing in her life, at least. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> at least it was an iconic thing. Yeah, yeah. Most right. people would turn around and go, oh, that video clip, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great video clip. I, I love that. Clip. So, so yeah. I yeah. Mm, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it reminds me a lot of the um, Somebody That I Used To Know video clip by um, a Gautier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely with the, yes, I can yeah. that. Yeah. I do I'm like it when they do a lot of sort of like mixed art in music videos. It's not just photos of the band playing the music, which yeah, obviously yeah, can still be done artistically, but yeah. but OK Go as well do some fantastic things with stuff mm. like that. Yeah. But um, even too, we, I didn't mention at the beginning, like the, the soundtrack to this, it, it's beautiful and it's perfect too, because it just sounds sort of like a music box. And it has that element that, you know, what you're getting into, but it also gives you enough comfort. <clears throat> yeah, that's and, right. And, and all films, like the music is such a key. It's, it's such the emot- um, Definitely. emotional uh, motivator. And it's when it's, uh, when it's played slightly off, off key as well like it's yeah great that's where it's you know music becomes such an important part of a film uh because it does make it it suddenly makes it unnerving because it doesn't sound right you know so mm. to, the, to the human ear when you play uh you know the when, what i'm meaning not off key it's when notes that are played together that don't marry and yeah so, and that's where it becomes yeah becomes Odd. And especially when you're playing with, with, like you said, with that kind of very kind of toy kind of keyboardy kind of sound that they're playing with there, with it, you know, and not not keyboard as in like xylophone kind of sound. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. So the, and what all it, makes sense is too that everyone's introduced to each other, sitting around a table when yeah, yeah. they suddenly burst in out of the rain yeah. and are crazy. But yeah, they are so accommodating. They give them food and then say, I'll show you each to your rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they'll come along. Yeah. Come I'll along. give you a tour of the house after we show you your rooms. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Breaks and that they, And there's a deliberate kind of play of separating the, 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 the map. Um, you know, mm. again, they, yeah, yeah. They, they, they respond more kindly to the Ralph character. Um, yeah. But, but what, what was weird was that they deliberately separated the daughter from her her guardians well um, what i like about that too is yeah. it sort of makes sense uh when they're walking down the hallway and already you've had that moment where he's stayed back and checked on her and then he, they walk into the next room hand in hand and yeah. the little girl he, hears something behind a door uh like giggling and that's right yeah he says what are you okay or what did you hear and he says oh no it's just my imagination and it made me reminded me of haunted honeymoon oh that's just my whoops <laughs> there goes my imagination again uh, love that film, um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and, and then even at the dinner, you got this sense that they were definitely had more of the well-being of the child in yeah. their hearts. Yeah, not necessarily right. because it's a child. No, so much as she's appreciative of what they're doing. And even if you took like stripped everything away from it, it's more like that the hospitality was there. Like yeah. you know, as in accepting the hospitality and and being kind and nice to each other and just wishing everyone well. Um, was all you needed to do. It's like that sort of sore <laughs> thing. But um, you instantly get off the bat, there's these stereotypes almost of people so that when Ralph gets in there and he's like this sort of like giggling, sort of like schoolboy still, and yeah. he's pressed for the question, do you like toys and dolls? He's just like, well, yeah, but no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was hoping at that point, like, yeah, they were hopefully going to give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, 
but they show them to their rooms and yeah um uh says oh the the little girl won't be sleeping with you uh yeah. in the same bedroom i thought you would appreciate that and it was just yes. i like that cold delivery it was just like, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. that guy yeah um but yeah yeah and then you see um they show the other girls to the room and they're smoking in it and like you know disrespecting it and playing loud music and whatever yeah um, yeah that's it that's right. yeah right. and he takes them downstairs now i was show them the room first so they can drop their shit and yes. then take yes. them to a room especially when you see the confines and the restraints of what are delicate objects like you know you don't want to take a bag yeah. and they're swinging it around knocking over a porcelain doll like yeah yeah um, but yeah, it takes them down to the workshop and, and shows them um, everything oh, down there. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it takes them downstairs. That's right. To the um, but one thing I should mention, I don't know what point it happens, but there uh, the uh, the elderly lady Hillary gives Jodie the girl mm. uh, the Mister Punch doll. Oh, um, that's right. Yes, and there are and like the weird weird dolls in all the rooms that we can see. Um, yeah, as well. So. That kind and of very awesome. early on, I swear we get the sense of movement. Like even yes, if it's just do. someone like like uh, jiggling a doll in this yep. big scene of a whole bunch of dolls and just jiggling one of them, and that's great because it forces the eye to dart around and go, oh, which one? Like yes. in that uh, the, the recent Invisible Man movie when they had this long take and it's a long sort of silent scene, but you know he's invisible, so you're thinking, is he in there? Where yeah. is he? Oh my god! It was it's a suspense that's really really good and plays back to that Hitchcock when we were talking with about Psycho recently oh, yeah. and yeah. the suspense being there right in front of you and that's that is a, a a massive fear of the fears that are staring you in the face yeah um like you know all, all the ones that you can't even see which again calls back to lovecraft yeah but, yeah um, but yes so it gets the punch doll and and of course this um has uh, historic significance because of the old uh puppet shows which used to happen and still do happen i, I did a show out in Mungandai um a couple of months ago and they had a little puppet stall there and they were doing punch and judy um oh, cool. and it was amazing that they're still sort of doing these sort of things it's like creepy little suitcase <laughs> that he has with all the little dolls but um uh, yeah it's it's um for those of you who don't know i think way back in the plague times yeah. it was um basically a little comedic duo of these two puppets then it was all about domestic violence yeah <laughs> pretty much shit out of each other yeah. like yeah um and it was and that was pretty much the how they got to come up and swan thing would do something and either mess it up or or try to do something for their own gain and the other one would just hit them on the head with a, a um rolling pin or, or something like that yeah um, so that's the punch from punch and judy and so there was always a crocodile trying to steal sausage and, and yeah a, there's always a random third thing yeah. that's yeah. And, a, and a policeman i think i seem to remember a policeman involved yeah probably, yeah but it's it's almost like that sort of the English sort of commedia dell'arte, yeah. traditional sort of old school um, thing that yeah uh, would be for the public and for the community. Yeah, um, that's but right. but that's the doll, and, and it looks like that. It has the big chin and the big nose yeah. uh, because a lot of the times, like again, commedia dell'arte would be um, accentuating features that yes. that the community did not like, and so uh, in commedia dell'arte, the the they usually had little horns or moles over their faces, which yeah. supposed to insinuate that, and and large nose um, for the the Jewish community <laughs> and yeah. different things like that. Uh, and 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 the dolls were no different really, and, and it's the same as when you have a baby's doll, they sort of usually personify certain things and, and usually try and beautify them or so you'd hope but um she gets yeah punch which is fantastic um and, and a little on the nose i was just like oh okay it's 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 an iconic one it's not like an individual one because i think in the remake it's a completely different like new doll it's like right. a uh, it looks like uh the doll from the boy or something like that it looks like uh, a, a little uh, boy doll okay sure 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got red hair or something like that, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I, I like that. And, and you can see even with the doll that she's handling the whole time, like the hero prop, because a lot of the time when you do films, you would have a hero prop, which would be the main special that's for the close-ups. Like, you know, you don't want to get that uh, scratched or dinged or anything like that. Then you'd have a practical one, which would usually be made out of a lesser material that you could move around with. Then you'd have a practical one if it needed to get smashed or hit or rolled over or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. one, you can see the actual dimples on the side of its mouth, like a Chelsea smile. Um, yeah. Uh, that looks like it's the one to open its mouth. And I assume that somewhere throughout the process, they decided to allow her to manipulate it her, herself just to break that down a little bit further. Because if you're constantly, uh, constantly cutting between a, uh, a wooden set doll with no open mouth to, to one that can speak or one that can animate its mouth, it would make sense. Even though we don't really get to see a lot of it until the final scene. But um, I, I, no, I thought that right. was a really interesting choice. Like that the hero prop was was the um, active physical model. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's right. That's right. That's good. So like uh, at the same time, we we have um, the kind of rock chick kind of girls, as you said, and they're playing that music. And the Isabel character wants to kind of steal all the antiques in the mansion because, you know, everything's old there. So they've got to be worth some money. So she... Yeah, so she kind of was trying to encourage the other girl to go with her, but she won't. So she just said, "All right, well, just you just mm. stay here, and I'll I'll go off." Well, um, also, just before that, I think that's yep. the scene where the old lady hands them the towels, um, yeah, and a doily for some reason because they don't have a doily. Um, but yeah, and and they're asking about the the things whether or not they're valuable to anybody, and yeah. it's it's like it it does feel like. They, she's giving them all of the chance, to, like all of the rope to hang themselves. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In this scene, like you know, when they start picking up the doll, that's only when she really takes it out of their hands. Uh, and she sort of played as a naive in that realization there, but you could easily have had her in the in the know beforehand, going in there and just removing all of them, <laughs> like you know, whatever. But um, because you do get a sense of, of, about this if they're in control or if it's it's something else. Um, we don't get to see a lot with it. Um, but no. this scene I, I liked because it, she's a fantastic actress. And even though the whole shot, I think it's one major shot that's all on her, her um, point of view. It doesn't really fo- be focus too much on the other two. But you can see how, how good she is with, with all of that whole development she has through that scene. You can see her character arc within that one scene alone. And it's, it's really nice to see that. And, and uh, that's what's good about older films too. All, too many cuts will, like, you need the organic nature of certain performances. And if you're hiring someone for an actor, and as you say, that they're an iconic actor for a, a great performance before, then yeah. why not give them that chance again to uh, enough rope to hang themselves? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but this too would have been in a day with film. So it's, you do want to use as much as you can. And I guess yeah, yeah. it might even be if you're paying and you know that they're going to be good, it's why waste a, a, a shot reverse shot when you can get the one and done. Yeah. No, no, that's exactly yeah. right. exactly. Yeah, right. but but after that scene, of course, that's that's when we um uh, yeah move yeah. on to the, the the idea of oh she's gonna be a nasty little girl. She's a, rash, um, she's a nasty wee girl. And um, so nasty she, wee girl. She uh yeah. So this is a bit where obviously like the if she would I don't think she does say the line, but you, if she did say the line, I'll be right back. You know that she's gonna be a goner <laughs> for sure. Um, of course. So she goes off. Strange. Yeah. So she goes off to kind of forage for goods and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I really uh, like that term forage for goods like she's going after <laughs> truffles yeah um, 
in, in this, it, it, it's similar to those sort of beats um, because as she's going around the house, I was even going to say, I swear that there's a puppet that's sitting on a table um, that is similar to one of the puppets in Puppet Master. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's got like a cone-shaped uh, hat on, like a, a spinning top sort of hat. Yeah. Uh, and it's just sort of sitting on a table when she's putting these, these silver brushes up there and then she hears a noise and she looks around. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I mean, it could well be uh, the same one. And we'd have to kind of investigate that a little bit further. And maybe listeners out there already know the answer. Uh, let us know if, if that comment is. Comment below. Because, um, because I was saying to you off, off a call, but the, the, two, the two universes could easily bleed into one another. You know, we, we could be very well sitting in the same yeah. universe. Um, yeah. With, uh, well, with even with Hitchcock, like, you know, it sort of yeah. does give that sort of example to his cameos even. It's, it's a yeah. slight nod whether or not it was intentionally him saying, this is my own universe. Yeah. It's the idea of him necessarily, like, you know, trying to tie those all things together, same as, like, Tarantino. Yeah. Um, like, you know, as in, yeah. It's yeah, really no, that's That's it. what, like, yeah, yeah, Netflix or Stan needs to do, just buy up all Stephen King and just say, cool, write a, a, a thing that's Stephen Kingish. <laughs> like you know as in like yeah and we'll just keep making that as a, a tv show never yeah. ending kingathon yeah. in his universe or yeah. like you know well, they all of his nostalgia with, um they tried to do that with castle rock tv series, ah. but it never really never really hit off yeah mm-hmm. i'm uh, just imagining now um i said castle rock fraggle rock like a um <laughs> was it a muppet version stephen king universe i'm, I'm <laughs> I think that'd be great. There it awesome. is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. There we go. Okay. I've got the shot. I'm going to send it to you. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. She then kind of, basically like the premise of it, like she kind of ends up getting, like she feels like she's been watched and then she, and there's odd moments. I think there's a point where one of the dolls looks, turns and looks its head at towards her. She goes by, I think. Memory. We see the eyes, these sort of yeah. bloodshot eyes of That's one of it. them. And um, but we don't really see who her attacker is, but she basically gets attacked um, mm. and then pushed yeah. up against the wall. Yeah, she's sort of like laid down, like face down on the ground, sort of like arms in a sort of crucifix position, and they're obviously holding her arms. Yeah. And then they repeatedly smash her face into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's a cool death scene. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I, I want to say she gets dragged off as well, doesn't she? Around the corner or, or something. And yeah, she sort of like gets spat out of the room. They kick him out of the room after they're done with her. Yeah, that's it. Nah, they don't want you anymore. Like a Louisiana whore. And yeah, so this <laughs> is where uh, and then Jody is walking around. The little girl is walking around, and she sees the bloody body, and she goes to tell her her parents, uh, but they don't pay her any attention. And uh, yeah, they don't pay any. Yeah, it's like. Back off. Um, and so she ends up going to find Ralph. And he he kind of dismisses her at first. And then he notices that she's got these blood-stained slippers on. Um, You're covered in blood! You're covered in blood! Um, How do you get all these blood stains on your slippers? Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Um, oh, my God! So, yeah, so she's got bloody slippers on. And... Ugh. So they then uh, go to investigate what happens, um, but they don't find the body. They find all the, I think the blood's still there from memory, but like there's no body. Yeah, they, they see a big sort of blood stain yeah. running into a room. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And so then they try to tell Enid, um, who. I think, I think they go back to the 
parents, don't they? I want to say that, yeah. Yeah, they run back to the parents and they're like, you know, he, um, yeah, blood, look, my hands. And yes. they're all like, oh. And then, the, yeah, then the other girl comes out and it's sort of like, you did it, Ralph. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. And they and, all start blaming Ralph. And Yeah, exactly. And, because, and then yeah. the dad's like, you pedophile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, hanging out with the kid and the kid's sort of like, you know, I know, <laughs> like, Ralph is the only one I trust. And he's sort of like, yeah, <laughs> he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um. Yeah, and then they uh, so then all that kind of kind of very kind of messy kind of moment, but like they um, they kind of almost want to form a lynch lynch mob against Ralph, but they manage. Yeah. Ralph and Jody kind of basically kind of run off in separate directions, um, and then we're left with Rosemary, uh, the stepmom. Um, yeah, Rosemary's best. not baby. Rosemary's not baby. So, but Rosemary's the the next one to be attacked by the dolls, and this is the yeah. moment where um, I really uh, like this one. Yeah, this yeah. it's that, um, it kind of is a. It reminds me a little bit of um, uh, oh, I'm just seeing the shot that you just sent through to me. Um, mm. it remind. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I, mm. I see what right? you're saying. Yeah, yeah, mm. I do. I see what you're saying. Um, so yeah, so. Oh, what was I saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. The scene there. Yeah, this is great. It reminds me of um, is it Gulliver's Travels where we get the yes. uh, the land of the you know he's the giant into the land of the uh, the little people, the you know, tiny kind of people. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a similar kind of thing where she gets kind of taken down uh, by mm. a bunch of dolls essentially, and it's it's just the bit where we see her like she does she jump out the window or she gets yeah so like. I'd like to, if we could break it down a little bit more, because I yeah. do really like this scene. No, no, um, no, we can. I just kind of wanted to clarify if that was the... Yes, was the she defenestrates herself. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, so... Um, like jumping you, out the window. Uh, go ahead, break um, it Yes, no, I was going to say... Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've got her um, in there and, and doing all of her stuff, but the the playing with that sort of comedy idea of going, well, how much damage can these tiny things do? Yeah. They 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 start small and they get bigger. Obviously they've got a sort of overwhelming power, which you see sort of like zombies or, or ants or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they have tiny little knives, which are so adorable. <laughs> These tiny little shiny knives. And they're like, they're so cute. Um, and like, then some of them got scalpel blades. Some of them got like, you know, uh, what look like darts. Uh, yeah, things. Darts, yeah. But, um, but I loved the ones when she's sort of running along and then suddenly one they're, they're soaring into her ankle with a hacksaw. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Like these yeah. sort of ones, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And I don't, I know I was investing more into it when it happened, but <laughs> she gets stabbed in the back at one point by one of them, yes. uh, and it makes her fall down. And obviously, a dagger that size wouldn't have the same impact as a real dagger. Like it would still significantly hurt, I'm sure. But I imagine that it was going into like you know uh, her spine, so that it yeah. stopped her from walking, almost like you know Wolf Creekish. Um, yes. Like you know, again, just investing into the scene. But yeah, <laughs> she falls forward and everything like this, and then um, uh, yeah, I don't know if she gets spat out or or what happens there, but she sort of runs out, and you think that she's going to go haywire and just start kicking them and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she sees the window and she takes a run at it and just dives out. It's a lot quicker than. Like when recalling it now, it's, it happens a lot quicker. But, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's like the first one too. Like, you know, as in her smashing her face and then sort of waking up and seeing the girl going, help me. And 
like yeah. you know, she still doesn't take it. Uh, which, of course, this happens as well. The death of the mother happens uh, a lot later. Um, this is after we've seen that flash of the first girl who has her eyes out. Yeah. Uh, no, her, her eyes like in the sockets are tied up uh, upstairs. And they've yeah. done a sort of brief wonder of the house. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah, all that's happened. Yeah, just, just before they've sort of met up with everybody. Um, just to clarify, and you can sort of get yeah. a moment where uh, there's a smashing of the, the radio even as well um, because the girl who's there panicking and not knowing what to do yes, um, that's right. yeah. is wandering around. And she leaves the room, so she starts wandering the house too. So yeah. you've got Ralph out there who's also been bitten by one of the uh, dolls upstairs yeah. when they found the girl. And I'm, yeah, and that sort of confused me as well, but I assumed it was sort of, I don't know, they say at the end they give everyone a sporting chance. It was just like, yeah, but if you're all about morals, like, yeah, <laughs> um, like, yeah. Anyway. Um, so that's that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. But she's I obviously still in that. Yeah, yeah. Progress over that. Yeah, I thought that happened a little bit later, but you're right. It, this, that happens all before. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Where, where she's up in the um, in the, is one of them. Is it her that goes up in the attic and the girls up there tied to the chair, but they completely miss her because she's in the dark. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that I lo- I thought that was yeah. great because I saw it, it was like, oh, and because again it's really there, and I'm like, oh, what is it? What is it? And then it, you sort of get just a flash of it. Yeah, it's great because even what was it? Um, Pet Cemetery Two. There was a sequence with a dog in a wedding dress in a rocking chair, which sounds stupid, <laughs> but it's it's it was so iconic. I saw it when I was a kid, and that yeah. terrified me because again it was an animatronic that was sitting in a chair, and it was it was it was there. And it, that was terrifying. It's the same as the transformation in American Werewolf in London. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It's terrifying because it's really his, this, this prosthetic extending. It's, it's yes. all this sort of stuff. It's, it's great. Um, but yeah, no, in this scene too, because you've got so many pain and pressure points which are highlighted by, um, what is it, uh, Phillips head screw drivers, like through the... Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. True. But then yeah. also reacting to it by her being able to kick it away so it's not too much of a a strain it really shows i guess more of her character where she jumps out the window of her own volition rather than facing hundreds of these tiny little active dolls so the um so with that as well like i i thought that she'd lived when i when i first watched really? that i yeah when well i i thought i just presumed she'd gotten away and she that she was going to come back into into it somehow um, yeah she very well could yeah and um but i kind of um Obviously, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in this film. No, no, not in this film. But that, I, in that instance, I thought, oh, she's she's gotten away, and she'll come back into the house or something, and go, you know. And I just, I just thought, she, yeah, and go, oh, they're, they're in for me, in for me. They've all got it in for me. Um, moment. Oh, that'd be um, great, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but it wasn't to be. So. Yeah. So yeah, so she jumps out the uh, the window as you said, and so uh, after that, that's when we've got um, the other punk girl wandering the hallway still. She is uh, yeah. with a candle, and we get this creepy scene, which is the old lady in her sort of nighty oh, walking yeah, down the hallways the with a bassinet, like a yeah pram bassinet thing. Yeah, um, and in it is a doll that I I think was like a little boy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like a little yeah. boy doll. As in, not not to be like you know gender specific or anything like that, no. but it, it it yeah. Up until what was it? I think only the eighteen hundreds. They used to call little 
kids, gals. Yeah, so, like, um, a boy was a servant. So yeah, yes. Um, and then because obviously they kind of disappears off like into one of the rooms. yeah. We don't that never comes to any fruition no. or, or no. nothing that we sort of yeah. yeah. But that's good. What is good about these? Uh, I say these like it's probably this specific style of direction like that they're yeah. going down is that it gives you a stylistic hint just of their routine. And so you don't necessarily need to pay off by that doll coming into something later on. Yeah. Uh, it could be sequel fodder. Like even right at the end, there is sequel fodder, but again, it still closes that door. It's not like it's unnecessary. It yeah. goes, it, it's more the understanding of things that we don't get to see um, behind the scenes because there's a lot of stuff that is discussed that we don't their reaction to when they're saying about a witch there's like you know a an iron maiden with blood in it down yeah, that's right cellar, yeah. which yeah. i i i thought she was gonna be and uh, like the punk girl was gonna end up in i was just like oh she's seen that it's gonna be like the end of um pit and the pendulum yeah I was which was fantastic exactly that, pit and the pendulum. yeah so good good <laughs> yes um again if you haven't seen pit and the pendulum definitely see that um is Are it you, um, vincent price one yes that's that's the version i saw um yeah. Because yeah, also Stuart Gordon directed a version of Pit and Pendulum as well. Really? Hmm. What year was that? Do you know offhand? Because well, I, I think that'd be a fantastic. Came after this, so um, maybe early nineties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll look that up in the background. I'm, I'm. It's available at the moment on uh, Tube, uh, Tubi. I have to check it out. At uh, ninety-one, and it's got Lance mm. Henriksen in it. Oh, cool. Um, nice. Yeah, well, even this film having a sequel of, of Dolls, I, I know I mentioned it before. I haven't seen it, but um, I'm eager to see it now just because I, I have, I, I did appreciate and was unexpected how well the story was going to be crafted in this. And I know that that probably sells it. It's like, it's not Citizen Kane, and I don't, don't mean that. <laughs> but as in, it, it sucked me in, allowed me to enjoy it. It wasn't too much, too far. It was yeah. kept contained where I knew morally what had to happen, and it yeah. kept pretty well within those boundaries and stuff like that. Um, coupled together with all of the, the other fun. The only thing I didn't get was in this next sequence that we're talking about with the, the other uh, punk girl yeah. is the only thing that she did wrong is that she was English. <laughs> That's criminal in itself, surely. Like yeah. well, I was thinking, is, is this like just an American dig because it's like against the empire or <laughs> she doesn't technically do anything besides smoking in the room and being a little bit disrespectful, which you could put down to influence of peer pressure. Um, yeah, she, yeah. She sort of gets attacked out of nowhere. But she's, uh, she also had, maybe it's that she's, turn, she's willing to turn a blind eye to. Yeah. It could be that guilt by association. Yeah. She could, she didn't try and prevent it. That's um, it. Yeah. Which will always but, um, but, remind but in, me of the uh, final episode of Seinfeld. But there you go. The um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So you're right. So this this next sequence, you're right, is where um, we see her name's Enid, and so she's Enid, out, so. out and about, kind of in the um, in the house. And mm. this is where she I want to say she she goes back up into the attic again. Is I want to say yeah so she's venturing around um and stuff she's seen the creepy doll uh sorry the the pram and stuff like that and then she goes back upstairs uh or or upstairs for the first time we don't know with uh, a zippo lighter i think is her only yeah yeah. lighting and yeah that's where we get the the interaction with her um friend Uh, isabella was it uh isabel yeah 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 yeah. and she's she's sitting down sort of like legs spread and there's a whole bunch of blood on the floor and you can sort of see the silhouette of of her hair and 
and the shining off of these big, dull, open eyes. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, she gets closer to her with the um, the light and she finally gets revealed with the lightning flash that she has these dolls in these massive, uh, doll eyes in this cavity of her face. But also her skin has been sort of transformed better than Botox into a sort of porcelain type face. Yeah. And she leads forward, the two eyes roll out and into the blood and then she feels around for them, picks them up and holds them up next to her face, like in the poster. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know if that was needed or if dialogue was needed as in like, you know, it was like, let me just look at you with my, my, good eye or something like that you know or, <laughs> or let me get a good look at you and then she picks him up and just holds him in front like, I, I didn't feel like the, the poster needed to be literally translated on film i kind of i kind of i liked i I'm, i think i like this bit i think yeah for me oh, I no I, I love it too i was just wanting her to put them back in the sockets <laughs> yeah, yeah okay sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the wrong way around go off yeah on. exactly she'll be cross-eyed like a bit kind of like an a, old dave a, allen routine that reminds me of a beetlejuice a little bit the, yes. Um, mm. So yeah, you're right. So yeah, and then so that, yeah, and that, it was a great little moment. It's a good little sequence. Um, and yeah, I, and I enjoyed that mm. kind of component. Right then, oh, straight after that. Yeah, but uh, no, sorry, we, you go. Oh, so I was going to say we don't see her comeuppance straight away, though, do we? Because um, a it, punk girl. It, yeah, because it it, it intercuts with um, the dad trying to get busy with Rosemary not realising she's a corpse. Um, yes. And that whole sequence as well. So I think we get these kind of cutaway moments between him and uh, not yeah. really she's dead. I think she has a little bit of a battle with them because in yeah. th- this is a sort of a loaded scene too because it sort of establishes the idea of, of what is under the dolls or inside yeah. the dolls because you had that sequence where the cowboys um, uh, right next to her, which is, yippee, 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 I love him. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So close to yeah, got Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, but lassoes her arm, or I think it is the the yes. one with the lighter, yes. and pulls her towards her, and he gets set alight. And so it was just like, oh, okay, so we can we know that fire hurts them. I yeah. think before this too, we've also seen the father walking around with the punch doll, and he's tried to set it on fire, and he dropped it on the ground, and it yeah, ran yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, that's so yeah, so he's seen yeah. it being animated as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so the um. Uh, he catches on fire and even still he's going, um, yay. It wasn't like this when he's burning. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but then all of the other dolls creep around her. She takes a belt off, which says boy toy on it. And it's like a big thick buckle that she starts yeah. swinging around like a mace uh, or, a, or a, a morning star and, um, uh, smashes uh, their faces uh, open. And you get to see these like little skull, or these little aliens. Yeah. So it's- and there's a moment there where you think, Oh, hold on. Is she going to be kind of, uh, is she going to be proving herself here? And yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I was exactly proving yourself from what point. I mean, obviously not from the doll's point of view. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's <laughs> but, but no, exactly. No, I, I was character. still thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking what's her, the reason for her to now get killed. Yeah, Just by association, I don't know. But still, even if if they're demonic, um, yeah, uh, she smashes the, their faces, and we almost have like a, a hint of gremlins, where like you know one of their backs smashed open, and it sort of bubbles away. Yeah, and, like this, and they start to bubble. So obviously, when they're smashed, some the magic is lost, and they start to bubble away. Yeah. Um, but but again, it's it's that hint of law, which then allows you to sort of go, oh, okay, so do they grow inside it? Is it like a pod? Is it a, a magic spell? Okay. What is it um, from that? Uh, unfortunately then I, I just 
seeing it now, we, we go through uh, the next sequence where she runs out of the hallway after smashing a whole bunch of those things and gets confronted by the um, firing squad. Yes. Yes. Well, it was great. Being so shot. good. Yeah. Yeah. She gets shot by um, that first once and then in the, in the back and then lays down. It almost has a hint of that psycho scene with the blood coming out yeah, of the mouth and right, the eyes. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it cuts straight to the flickering of the, um, uh, the Zippo lighter, which, which dies and its, its, its fuel dies and it just lets it get smothered. Yeah. So that was really nice too. Again, it's just those hints of, of death. Yeah, Speaking good... of nice, yes. when we're talking about those sequences intercut of the husband with the wife yeah. and she's dead, uh, her face is uh, under the sheet covered by a white sheet. Yeah. And he sits down and you just slowly start seeing blood pouring out yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the sheet. And I was like, that's fantastic. It's out of his field of view. So yeah. he wouldn't see it. But um, yeah, it gets the sense of like something smelly and has to go and have a bath, which I assume <laughs> is hinting that her corpse is smelling. And which, of course, it's not because it's rotting at this point. It's because you shit yourself when you die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's what I, I think is the justification there no that's what i think too yeah and i just love the fact that <laughs> you think, he thinks it's him and, and goes, goes in off. which case maybe this happens all the time because there should be a brown stain on the back of those sheets yeah yeah, yeah. which is true just, yeah. yeah 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 but he would yeah. necessarily be looking at that though would he no well unless he always shits the bed and it's just something new Oop. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe it's it's like, just oh, what she's into. Again. She likes she likes nineteen yeah, fifties yeah. jazz. She's into <laughs> scat. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yay! Oh, oh, thanks, dear. Junior. Okay, so all right, so where are we? We're rambling and raving as we always do. Yes. So and we we're still also we we're forgetting like Ralph is also in the mix as well. I was gonna say yeah. So throughout this, they're still wandering the house, and now yeah. they've gotten to the point of of going into that room. Now I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be the room that she, they both heard the giggles from before. Yes, that's now, my interpretation. Yes. Yeah. Now again, too, like it, Ralph is walking around the house uh, relatively early, and she says something about elves, and he listens yeah. to the door and hears a giggling. Now, yes, you would put that off to yourself, but someone has told you about that, and I don't know, you would sort of piece things together pretty quickly. Yeah. And. I think any person would, rather than going, nope, it doesn't exist. If it's there biting you, it doesn't matter whether it exists or not. You've, you've got to either reason with it, stop it, like, you know, or something. But, um, yeah, this is where so they've, they've, they've set this room up. And that's the other good thing about good storytelling is coming back to little um, uh, pieces. Like, you know, the, the, the Teddy bit was sort of like thrown out there and I was kind of hoping there was going to be a big boss fight with Teddy. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was a beautiful sequence at the beginning. But we've got the door now, which they ended up going into because now it's unlocked. Um, and, and they see that it's just, just an, another storeroom full with more dolls. Um, and and I, I, for some reason, I was hoping that this was sort of going to be justified as the old man saying, no, this is where the, like the naughty dolls, these yeah. ones have been put in time out. And I was like, that's cool. Because then that sort of like, you know, raises a whole different other question. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but then they obviously get confronted. And this is where the exposition dump happens, where the little girl basically... No, he has to come out with it saying that, yeah, they're all alive. And she's just like, yeah, haven't you known all along? And she's yeah, like, for fuck's yeah. sake, kid. Like, you know, at what point, like, you know, does this whole Toy Story charade begin? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, even at that point, this um, Sean Austin uh, stand-in is... Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, but also, too, what was it? He nice. overplays when he... Yeah. yeah, when he goes to, to run out. 
he like has this big sort of almost slapstick comedy moment where he grabs her arm and then just screams out like go or something like that and he's just like who is this for and he starts kicking all of the the dolls that are in front of him in his way and trying to get out and they all get upset and start attacking him yeah um it's like little jester dolls it's, that are it's like, one moment uh, isn't it where he just kind of he completely loses it and uh it yeah. almost defies the character that we've seen before leading up to it um, that's what i mean yeah and it also like it, it almost makes me think that it's been a directional choice where they've said give us another take give us a like yeah. push to the extreme and that's like one of them because it like even when watching the shining yeah. There's a lot of takes that are still left in the film where if you slow it down enough, you'll see um, where uh, Jack Torrance, uh, Jack Nicholson, will barrel the camera very quickly. Yeah, He's walking out of the room after he says, I'm not going to let you fuck this up for me. He barrels it so slightly. And then when he's doing the door thing, we're saying, check it out. And he does this playful little tap thing and giggles. He's, yeah. It's that sort of callback to, like, uh, you can see in actors where they're not sure. They're looking towards the director saying, is this right? Yeah. They just want a little bit of 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 that's what that I, I I'm happy with what you're doing and that shot felt like to me it was one of those so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's been something like that um, yeah. where they've said just lose it and he hasn't been able to lose it completely maybe because he's a bit more of a comedic or character yeah, actor yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but also too in these scenes you would have been working with inanimate objects or puppets uh, yeah, that weren't true. viscerally moving like you know um, the stop motion that's done in this is worked I think very sparingly and beautifully done yeah. whereas you don't pick up on it uh unnecessarily i watched it in a, a um a version that had a slight drop in frame rate i think it was okay and so when that when that got to it it was a little bit choppy okay. um but it but the movements were still okay because the brain was still able to sort of process and work yes, all of that. yeah yeah um but this is with the scene so yeah so um ralph's been attacked by all of them and you have the jester two doll which jumps yeah. out um which uh i didn't know if that was a poltergeist sort of um, little play, um, like you know, it was in it, it was might have been a little homage. But I don't know if that was before or after this. Um, but yeah, it would have been before Poltergeist would have been before. Yeah, yeah. But again, is it homage or is it just like you know, it, it, it works well because it's also too what a doll, what that kind of doll would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he gets attacked by him and, and sort of gets like all barreled up, and that's when she's turning around and says, "No, don't do it," and they all stop and listen to her. Um, and at this point, I didn't know whether or not they were listening to her because she was holding punch or because she was a quote-unquote pure soul, you know, yeah, sort of thing. Because yeah, yeah. I, I almost got it from the side of, no, it's hierarchy. She's holding the doll. She's yeah. holding the, our master. Um, but, yeah, uh, they obviously decide then, um, like, you know, to whether or not to to let them out because uh, yeah. they wanted to kill Ralph a second ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he did act rash. He shouldn't have started destroying. <laughs> if no, you found it. out something is alive, don't try and kill it. That's usually a good like starting point that it's not going to antagonize them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you just killed, you just killed all my mates. Exactly. Like what was it in um, uh, men in black? It was just like, Oh, sorry. Was that your auntie? <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, yeah, so they, they but they do decide to let them go, of course. Yeah, and, and this is where it's intercut in between because this is where we cut back and we see the um, husband uh, trying to get fresque and ask for a big wet one uh, yeah. and try and kiss the bloodied sheets of um, his wife. Who, when he takes off the sheet, her eye is sort of exposed out onto a cheek in a very hostile sort of like yeah, looking yeah. thing. Yeah, and she sort of rolls over. And now, yeah, I didn't know what was happening here. It was obviously 
supposed to be, I think, a dead body that yeah. was just like rigor mortisy and holding on. But it looked like to me like she was in the last throes of life. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh my God. It's like it took the sort of comedy away from it because I was thinking, Jesus Christ, she's trying to get help. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It falls on the ground with her eye out. And then he instantly thinks that it's Ralph, Ralph that, that guy who we just met. Yeah. Um, not anybody else. Not the person people own the house. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's rough. It's all rough. Yeah, but but within that too, he he, the character has a little bit of emotion too because when they're having the fight downstairs just after this, which we'll get to in a moment, of jumping yeah, yeah. ahead, he has a tear that comes to his eye. So he really did care about her. Yes. Um, like uh, as much as he was a drunk, as much as he was whatever, he he definitely had a care for that woman. Um, so that was at least nice. I, I thought again, that's that's a nice sort of little thing you put in there. It's it's playing yeah, but- the same elements of of turmoil, mental turmoil that some of the best stories like The Shining and, and, and things play on. Um, and, and, and like, was it, I'm thinking, not The Edge, but I'm sure there's a lot of books like The Edge, like Hatchet and stuff like this. When you put at odds in a situation, you have to make a decision and it's the hard choice you have to make yeah. and things like that. Um, uh, it really plays well. And in this film, it was surprising to see, even though it's probably just a piece of glycerin that's there. Um, but yeah. So they get saved by the dolls. They allow them to, to leave. Back on that, because I, I, I have to admit, I missed that. But um, I'll, I'll look back on it and, and check it out. Yeah, no, I saw it. it was just I thought that was a nice little. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're right. So then uh, uh, the uh, the dad character goes on a bit of a rampage to try and find Ralph. He thinks mm-hmm. he's killed his uh, he's betrothed, and and there's this great moment where they 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 end up having a big fight sequence. Yeah. Um, there's this great moment where Ralph kind of tries to protect the dolls from being hurt. Um, Cause like, yeah, yeah. He, I'm like a friend of theirs now and he's trying to, yeah, just deflect them. And Well, he picks one up to use it as a weapon. Yeah, that's right. And then you hear like a sigh and he goes, Oh, and he cradles it like a baby and then yeah. like ducks and, and yeah. moves. And he, then the father goes through um like a, a big row of um, dolls and like, no, stop. Yeah. Everything like that. Um, and yeah, it's intense. Uh, I'm trying to remember actually um, when the little girl gets knocked out because they're obviously engaged in a massive fight scene and, and yeah, he only yeah. punches the father once. Ralph only punches the father once. Um, but uh, yeah, the whole time I was waiting for them, like, you know, lead him into the, the doll room. Yeah. Just open the door and throw him in. Push him in. Push like, him in. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so you get this whole turmoil thing where the father's jumped to conclusions and just really wants to kill Ralph, but he throws the pushes the girl aside and she knocks her head on the um, cellar floor. Yeah, um, at there's least is just there's that a way. point where he grabs the uh, punch doll though, isn't there? First, and he smashes it. No, well, this is uh, towards the end uh, of, of the sequence. He knocks um, Ralph out, and that's when Punch turns around and, and throws a dart into his hand. When he's about to like do the final blow to Ralph, yeah, and so that's when he sort of rips it out, and yeah, this is the sequence here that I was thinking it might have even been green screen or or some form of compositing to get the motion of the puppet in full scale running from one place to another around that table because he turns over the table and starts destroying everything, and yeah. as he's destroying everything, the we see um, a shot of the passed out Ralph. The door opens behind him, and they start leading him in there, and instantly I'm going, oh god, are they going to like eat him? Like as in, <laughs> is it now like, oh great, now all bets are off? And I was like, oh shit! But then they took. I think you don't see. You just see the slippers of the little girl going in there yeah. as well. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so they're, they're saving him. What are they going to do, burn the place? 
Like, yeah. you know, I was thinking, or the firing squad or something. But the other thing too, um, uh, in this fight sequence, playing with the idea of the silliness of it, they're dolls. And yeah, so yeah, having yeah. him, like, um, he picks up the drill and, and, and he then go, he follows the cord. You can see his eyes following the cord to the extension lead and he just unplugs it. Great. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's really good that those sort of things. And that's where the comic in yeah, horror yeah. works really well because anything, any good film is, should be, should be told where the audience can see what's happening before the characters know. Yes. And so they, they can say, Oh, do this. Don't go through there. Like, you know, and, and that's what you want the audience to, to have an involvement in the, the, the want for the characters or the, or the despising of the characters, which is really good at the end of this too, where, as you say, he ends up smashing um, punches um, uh, face open, yeah, uh, which is hollow too inside. I thought yeah. that was strange. Yes, it's hollow. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, after well, he does that, kind of, yeah, because like you said, the earlier ones looked like there was something inside them, and this one was just an empty shell of a of a dog. Smoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, um, yeah, he smashed the thing pieces, and this is where then. Um, the two, uh, the two owners, elderly owners of the house appear. Um, yeah. And uh, David kind of calls Hillary a witch. Uh, and, yes. then, and there's that real deadpan moment where Gabriel kind of says, uh, some of the lines, well, yes. <laughs> Jeez, oh, he's I, figured it out. Yes. Oh, dear. Um, I love that. Oh, he's yeah. figured it out. It's such a good line. <laughs> so um, it's, it's well written. <laughs> it is. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah. they, they have this bit where they say that um, and every visitor that comes to their house essentially has this opportunity to be friendly to the dolls. And if yeah. they're kind to their dolls, then they won't get hurt at all. But all visitors will be killed if they are nasty people. Um, yeah. And then, and then this is where Hillary then does some kind of devilry kind of witchcraft and mm. tr- starts transforming David into this kind of Mr. Punch-like doll. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was interesting um, when watching it because I was like, oh, okay, now we're focusing on the antagonist where I thought you'd be dead by now. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, it sort of takes this thing and, and you could easily pull this off and say, oh, this is where it got cheesy or it got too much. But I don't know, again, along the lines of how they did um, American Werewolf in London, I mean, yeah. it must be painful. It would be painful. I reckon that. And I, I quite liked it, the whole kind of shrinking man kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, well, and it's that um, almost Dorian Gray uh, karma yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, idea, yeah. which I liked about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it also, too, I, I imagined that there would be sequels after this or something like that, like with Puppet Master. But I also, too, felt like the witchcraft or whatever it was was also going to be more confining because it stops him from throwing the... Um, the mallet at them um, yeah. right at the end, just before he turns. So it made me think that, yeah, like he's now in, in this constant torment of purgatory where he yeah. has to act like the other dolls did. Yeah, and stuff that's like right. But it also, yeah, explains all of the other ones, especially that like, I think the cowboy one or, or one of the other yeah, ones yeah, which yeah. lets them go and, and he has this bloodshot eyes and you're going, oh, wow, that's why they look so real. Yeah, yeah. and that, exactly. All of a sudden you're like, oh, hold on. These are all like, these are all the, uh, the souls or... Or of the mm. uh, of these people that have come to the house and essentially and they've been trapped there, exactly, and then yeah. yeah, and so then uh, so he uh, as we said the dad becomes this punch like doll and this is then cuts to the next morning isn't it, and Harlock's mm. basically kind of 
tell Ralph and Jody that they're free to go. Um, mm. And, you know, and Ralph's car just happens to be just kind of outside, ready to go. And it's all this kind yeah. of like dream-like kind of end to it. Um, yeah, oh, it's a very pleasant ending. But even with that last sequence where he's transforming into um, Punch, yeah. um, he, the old man, there's a focus and a close-up on the watch, his fob watch. Yes. And yes. then once he's shrunk right down, he closes the fob watch. Yeah. I don't know. I, again, I love that because like, the director might have been just going, okay, how does this magic work? I don't know, but let's show this. So it insinuates that it's whatever. It yeah. could even just be looking at going, only through the hours of this time can this happen. And yeah, we've yeah, both yeah. got to be crossing our fingers or we had to have eaten cake three times a week, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah. it cuts straight to, yeah, it's, it's bright now. It's, it's no longer stormy. And, and like yeah. in the beginning, they set up in that first um, uh, uh, dinner situation where it was like, it's like uh, forever nighttime. Yes. It's the longest yes. day in yes. the world. Um, yeah. But then we also get Ralph with a really weird response where he's like, the dolls! And barrels the camera. Right? <laughs> like, breaks the fourth wall straight ahead. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. why? <laughs> why, Ralph? Why? Yeah, why, Ralph? Why do you do this? Yeah. Why? And then he just, like, and then carries on as if nothing's happened. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's kind of I, I like his like, urgency yeah, to get out, though. Yeah, yeah. He wants to get out of there. He knows that there's, there's crazy shit. Um, so he's the one that's trying to get, get in the car and go. And they, they kind of, they, there's a moment in there where the, um, the hardwicks, the, the, the elderly couple basically say that, because uh, Jody says, where's my dad? And he said, oh, he's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's left this note. <laughs> he's left a note. <laughs> and then where's my, my uh, friends? They realize, left a note. Yeah. <laughs> I realize you should stay with your mum after all. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a point where, was it Ralph says something about the girls? Um, yeah. And, and then uh, Gabrielle says, oh, yeah, uh, P.S., um, we've taken the girls with us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, P.S., right at the bottom. And then he goes to look at it. Yeah. And he right. scrunches it up and throws yeah. it in the fire. Yeah, and it yeah, goes yeah. up like yeah. flash paper. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, so then they kind of go, right, well, let's just go. And he says, oh, can you please, uh, Ralph, can you please take, her back home essentially mm. uh, which is all a bit weird it was a bit weird the way that kind of gets tied up in the end now he also leaves him something now financially what does he leave him because he says that the the two people who are obviously dead or yeah. dolls now sorry punch and blah 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 left him something and he was like i they didn't seem like the generous type oh yeah but what was right. it it wasn't the car no which which we'll get to in just a second after this scene, but it was something else. It was was it money? I thought it was money, but then where did the money come from? Yeah, unless yeah, exactly. He hasn't got the ability to wire stuff. They didn't have any <laughs> cash on them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a bit bizarre. But yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, but but it's good too because he's still trying to reason it together. His self-preservation yeah. is still yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, going, it wasn't a dream. It can't have been a dream. I, I still can't necessarily think what's going on, but just smile and don't go to the second location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which um, I guess, you know, you would be there. Yeah, yeah. So, no, like, so then he says, um, uh, oh, no, and there's a point where they're just about, I don't know if I'm jumping out of something that you were about to say. No, 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 no. They, um, Jody goes to go, but then she gives the teddy bear back to... 
Oh, uh, yeah, I like that scene. Like, oh, that he'd be better better off here. Um, yeah. And then she hops back into the car and um, mm. and there's a moment where it says something about coming back next some holidays or something. Yeah, so just before that, that's when yeah. they're they're just leaving and he said like, okay, we better go and stands yeah. and walks out and they're just like, we'll come back anytime because we've grown very fond of you. That's and you get the I idea mean. of going, oh, are they thinking that he's going to, he's he could turn nasty and that, you know, we want to turn him into a doll um, or something like yeah, that. And she says, oh, I, want to, I want to say goodbye to Mr. Punch. Yes. And then they go, oh, yeah. Like, but it's great because the old lady has this, this quick flinch towards the, uh, her husband. Yeah. And um, it's nice, like little homage things like that too. But yeah. takes him out, hugs him, kisses him, puts it back. But then he says something. It's like, you know, buy a little shit or something like that. Um, <laughs> the, the doll. And that's what makes them go, okay, yeah, we've got, we're getting out of here. And again, Ralph runs out of the house and like lifts her up and pulls her arm out of the socket. But this is where I went, that's Ralph's fucking car? That's Ralph's car? I know. That's the car that picked the two girls up. Yeah. That's the car that was in the rain. Yes, it. That was the car that was, oh my God. Yeah. Is that's Ralph's car? Convertible, like, no. Who the fuck, fuck is Ralph? <laughs> no that's not just a convertible that's like one of those yeah, like yeah yeah like yeah. something that you'd have in the 1920s 1915 yeah, yeah. it's kind of like spoky type tires i wouldn't be surprised if it cranked at the beginning at the, at the front <laughs> but no i loved that moment when handing back the the teddy bear i thought that was beautiful and it yeah, was just yeah. that idea of going oh it's just that pure soul that like you know yeah. yes. all this sort of stuff and um yeah i thought that was really nice too um I sort of left it open to sequel, but it doesn't need to happen. What I also liked about this too is they look like a lovely old couple in this ending. She's wearing pink. She's wearing like a lot of bright colors. The, yeah, it's all yeah, during yeah. the day. It's, it's like a lovely autumn. The sun's out. Like, you know, it's a very lovely sort of thing. So you don't know if it's, if it's them or if it's like, you know, the house. If it's, I don't know. Even when you look at the boy and you sort of get the idea that they haven't got a lot of control within their house or their world. Yeah. Um, but might even be just their life. Like, you know, as in they're allowed the privilege to live in this place that yeah, the dolls yeah, do yeah, everything. Because even when they were talking about, we got your car out of the, the, the bog or whatever it was, yeah. I was like, I bet that was all of the dolls. As yeah, in, I reckon it was too. It yeah. must have been. They must have yeah. found Teddy. It must have, like... Teddy, Teddy's pitched in, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And that, so, But the very end bit, right, so Ralph drives off, but we have, like, this shot outside mm. the, uh, the mansion where we see some new people have their car stuck in the mud. Yeah. Uh, and this man kind exact of... Exact same spot. Out. Yes, that's right. And then we see a, uh, a man get out and he's looking a bit of a dick. And Yep. Um, She's looking pretty cuntish. There's, there's a young boy there. With and a young girl. There's, there's a young boy and a young girl. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, and they're sort of like again. This is again where I was like, in long shots, you have to like you know usually exaggerate a little bit more and be a bit more over top. Yeah. So I was just like, oh god, please let all the kids' um, sockets be okay. <laughs> um, but they sort of do a bit of this overwalking. I was waiting for the mother to throw a toy. I was waiting for a mother yeah, to throw a toy, yeah, and I was like, yeah, come yeah. on, come on. Um, <laughs> now I don't know if you know anything about the production of this film, but it feels like to me that that was a model that was just built for the sake of it. Um, I, I'm not too sure if it would oh, be. I'm not sure of that, but yeah. It, it almost looks like a miniature uh, in that last shot when it's happening. But just before that last shot too, which is a lovely long shot that takes ages and, and has the credits growing over it, you have um, the shot of the dolls on the mantle inside with Punch oh, and with the, the female one with her hair done up in a, a little right. towel. 
Yeah. And they look at each other and then they look back, but they sort of like shake. And it, it looks like to me, like the motors jammed, like, you know, as it's going yeah, yeah. like this, but I don't know if that's supposed to be them shaking their head. Maybe I like going, no, so. like, you know, they disapprove, but they can't do anything about it. They're yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. This tortured purgatory. I think so. I, I, that was how I took it. I, the, 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 the latter, to be honest, that's what I thought. That they're kind yeah. of resigning to their fate a, a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Again, I still think that, that second, that second English chick, the only justification yeah, they have is that uh, she was English. Uh, they say we gave everyone a sporting chance, but I don't know about her. <laughs> um, you, you talk, you, you were talking about, um, you know, that there was pockets there where it felt like it would be a, a, a sequel was on the cards. Um, mm. It does. It, I, I think there was potential talk about doing a sequel, and that Stuart Gordon was actually interested in doing one, mm. and it would pick up um, with Judy and Ralph back in Boston. Um, yeah, because and, at the end when they're driving yeah. off, there's the thing of saying, "Do you ever want a wife?" Or, or a, yeah, um, my my mum is beautiful. Mom, She's yeah, young. Do you want a daughter? And we, which was nice too. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The optimism at the end. Yes. Yeah, and so that's where it would pick up apparently with the with the Ralph um, with the mum and Judy and uh, yeah, and the daughter growing up. One day, Judy uh, would get this box sent from England, and it has the toy the toy makers um, Gabrielle and Hillary were dolls. Or would she inherit the house because mm. they would pass away probably eventually? That's it. That's it. Um, interesting. Interesting. Uh, but it never came to fruition. Um, or they find the, the, the parents, then, the father's body. Yeah, yeah. They're like, he's really small and he's in this porcelain shell. <laughs> but he said you did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I almost half expected this to have like 600 sequels to it. Yeah, I, I honestly yeah. did. I, even when I saw that poster when I was a kid, mm. I imagined this was a, a, a sequence of films. Um, but so surprising to see it's not, and it went more puppet master route, but I guess yeah. it would have been a very similar premise. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, so when, as we said, two years later, puppet master would come out and then puppet master has had some like 13 or 14 installments in that franchise. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's definitely, is the one that's kind of led well, the charges to there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that even too with writing the law behind the the story. I mean, even with uh, what was it, Hellraiser? Again, I'm remembering. There's so many elements of that that you can take apart and make make something of it differently. And they never really went into just the idea of pl- someone wanting to get the pleasure side of that pleasure and pain world, um, and, yeah. and and, and yeah. everything to do with that, or um, or the origins of the box itself. Um, I know that they have a sequel where they, ju- they explain Pinhead's origin and stuff like that, but I don't know. I feel like it should be a lot earlier than just the Second or First World War. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but um, I agree with that. Yeah, but within that, this this film seems exactly like that. I mean, just take the witchcraft element. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Take nothing else but the witchcraft Absolutely. element and the idea that you can you can capture souls in in, in objects or you can do something along those yeah. lines with the witchcraft. I mean. That's a huge element which could be very creepy. Uh, you've got obviously animated objects which um, you could play that whole uh, what is it, uh, pet cemetery route of loved ones or loved things, taxidermied objects. I mean, hell, shit, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> um, but it, it, there was an old tale, I think it was on Stephen King's Amazing Stories, 
yeah. and it was um, that was sort of like a Twilight Zone sort of little short um, stories that uh, usually had a, a karma element to it. And one of the stories was about uh, these kids who made a potion that you could bring anything that you poured it onto life. So you you wanted a beautiful playboy model you would pour it onto the playboy model and they would materialize in front of you um too much and it would make them too big too little and it would make them all like you know fall apart and stuff like this but yeah. right at the end it's um it's, it teases at like the end of the the thing of the the liquid falling onto a picture of freddy krueger and so the next like thing was supposed to be oh now he's going to come out and they have to deal with him yeah so, yeah that those sort of elements, I, I really like it when homage is paid, especially in this sort of way. Even when we're talking about with Psycho with Ed Gein, you yeah. don't go, "This is Ed Gein." They're living in the same house. They're the exact same person. They wear a cap like this. You know, <laughs> it's um, you take the little elements of it that then can spur on completely new stories, and that's where the intrigue is allowed to flourish. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and especially as you say, like you know, at the beginning of this, it wasn't just the one man; it was his crew, his team, uh, which did the effects did the lighting like yeah, you knew yeah, yeah that's right that's what right. and how to how it to be seen um and yeah I, i'm surprised it didn't doesn't have a bit more of a folklore sort of thing because this feels like it'd be a fantastic yeah. um halloween type thing yes. I, I want to say for the whole family but i know that a lot of people wouldn't like it because of the certain gore elements yeah, i personally yeah, think yeah, that with the right. youtube agent held the news in america at the moment no. i mean it, it, this is a fun-hearted good intentional like, like a, a, a film with good intentions um, yeah. where at least yeah. it keeps that that karma idea on the head and it's understood to, to that home point the only thing being about the mention of the pygmy people <laughs> yeah 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 it doesn't doesn't quite work. which it does like you know stuff like that doesn't stop me from watching old looney tunes cartoons and stuff oh, like that yeah um, sure. i still love song of the south I, I grew up on that and and um yeah same yeah I know which when you look at it now, it's, yes, it's obviously trouble. Yeah, um, but it's it's important too to imagine its cultural significance both now and then uh, to be able to communicate to that. And anyone who says we shouldn't be able to talk about it is really just going to make the problem bigger. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh but yeah, but I'm I'm keen to now check out the um the remake at least because I I would hope to see how much of those good plot point elements has have, have been kept through. I don't think it's going to be anywhere as good. <laughs> Probably not. But it's I, I feel like it's it's a tall card to follow. It was like that film uh, about the girls in the dorm house. Um it was Black yeah. Friday or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that was a Black, great film and then to remake that it was sort of disappointing. Black, Black Christmas you were talking about. Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um but yeah. yeah, no, this I, I like it too because it leaves you like optimistic. Yeah, it, it keeps yeah, you in, in a high frame. Yeah, and not a lot of horror films do that. And I know that a lot of people might might like. Uh, like again, I watched Little Shop of Horrors recently, like ah. a, a bootlegged version of the musical on stage, which of course yeah. has the original original ending where Audrey Two, the plant, wins and yeah. takes over the world, um, and kills Audrey and kills Seymour and eats everything. Uh, it's but like. It's depressing in the sense, and I think on film that would be a depressing ending. It wouldn't have worked theatrically that way. That's why they ended up doing the the happy ending, yeah, which yeah. Um, I loved and I still adore. But um, on stage with that element of, you know what you're getting into. Like, and I, I'm a musical theatre fan, so it's the idea of uh, the being able to have that element of disbelief suspended yeah. for yes. that performance is part of the enjoyment of it and same as people who like uh plays and and go and see those in live theater it's yeah. the same sort of thing any anything sort of life and horror is that the closest element where we can break down those 
I guess besides romance, where you can actually get an emotional connection that's going to make you feel something yeah. within your body, make your 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 uh, not blood boil, but your your uh, yeah. goosebumps, you know, things like that, make you cry, make you want uh, the the hero to win, strive for the ones that you connect yeah, with. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. And and it's strange that a film like this would sort of make me say all those things, but I think it's it's uh, a lot of the time you don't see a lot of horror films with with such a positive. Yeah, ending. and but I, I wonder if, though that's because of the the, the fantasy element that's at play yeah. underneath it. It's like like you were, you were saying, if it was, did have a sequel, the witchcraft element, yep. element would, would uh, need to come to fruit, uh, come to fall. Um, mm, doesn't even need to be explained much more, but no. it could be utilized exactly in a different yeah, method. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, and I think that's what that's why it, it works mm. uh, because it is too, it's slipped into the suspension of mis, uh, disbelief. Dis, yeah, disbelief kind of stuff, and you kind of get away with doing mm. stuff. And yeah, you you imagine yeah. each and and I like the whole element of like you know. Um, there was that great image of like uh, it was like a meme that went round a few moons back now, but where there's a sleeping kid and the teddy bear standing there with a sword unsheathed, uh, oh. protecting the kid from like these monsters or something that's coming up. So it's this idea oh. of the teddy bears there protecting uh, yeah. its owner from from the evil. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and it kind of reminded me of that. And that, that bit, whole bit with the teddy bear at the beginning, you know, it kind of yeah. reminded me of that a little bit. And it, was, it would have been kind of, like you said, it would have been cool to see Teddy kind of try and hit itself mm. against um, these kind of demonic dolls. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, and even just on the, um, the Rocky Horror thing, because my yeah. mind went to a couple of things, uh, even like when they're walking through the house and the big, beautiful house in interiors, which is gorgeous. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, but that reminded me even of like Clue or, or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the haunting and things like that, yes, uh, which was beautiful. Um, but then like the switchblade that Eddie keeps in his teddy um, yeah, in yeah. Rocky Horror, like like for some reason because he's wearing a, I think a red, wearing a red tie, a bow tie. Yeah, I think um, so. yeah. For some reason, I, I kept on just going. Make sure you hold the head and the body, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise the switchblade's going to come out. Um, which, of course, in in the song Freddy, uh, uh, Eddie's Teddy, that's what the teddy bear yeah, is, yeah, the switchblade it. knife hidden in his teddy bear. Um, which, again, great musical. Great. Oh, it's a great, great film. Great film. Yeah. Okay, so speaking um, of great films, then, so um, we, let's wrap this one up. So let's. Uh, so where do we stand with this? Like, we both say we like this. Would you recommend it, though, to a modern audience? This is, yeah, this is a hard one because I, yeah. I feel like it's... Um, it's something fun, but it's not necessarily one that you would want to sit down and invest all your time with, especially yeah. if 80s films yeah. aren't your thing. Yeah. Um, uh, having said that, though, I think show them the poster <laughs> and then, I don't know. Um, <laughs> then in twice. And, and, and so have you ever seen this? Have you ever wanted to see this? Yeah. But it, it falls into that same basket as Puppet Master 2, so it might yeah, even be right. one of those things that just whilst you're on a roll with that, that style, yeah, 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 yeah. it follows over. I agree but, with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or even if it's if it's a film maybe you want to introduce younger um audiences to horror like I'm yeah. thinking teens like you know um when they're uh, at an age where they can take blood and and know where you know things are uh, yes. separated because I was even going to bring up Chucky when we were talking about yeah. the whole magic element and yeah. I loved that's one right. of the things I loved about that was that magical element where it was like that's the best idea for this serial killer yeah. to put himself into an object let his body die and now he can 
find something else, move on, or, you know, it seemed like a great premise, especially when he's allowed to talk at the end of that. And he's just like, yeah, you bitch. I <laughs> thought that was fantastic. So, um, and scared the shit out of me when I was a kid because it was another inanimate, like an you know, object coming oh, to life. Yeah, that's right. But, um, but also too, it, it could also, um, be, uh, a good element to get people into a B movie with a positive, ending because a lot of people do the, the reason a lot of people don't like horror films is because they don't want to feel like shit at the end yeah, and so yeah. like it, you can't necessarily recommend uh like requiem for a dream to some people <laughs> oh, at least no. I, I don't feel like you can because it's like it's a ride guys you've got to sit there and and like yeah. sit down and get strapped in at the end you'll need a couple of days um but like you know like i wouldn't call this b grade but it's definitely not the the highest grade like even no. on uh, rotten tomatoes the um tomato meter sets it at a 64 percent yeah. the audience says 51 so it's like you know um socially around that sort of questionable era but the yeah. older it gets i think it's going to become more popular i, I, I think it's probably going to be I one of those. wonder about that because you're right it's it does bridge that gap of like it's you know, it could easily kind of slip through the cracks of it um and not, yeah. not be kind of uh, have certain audiences won't respond kindly to it because because of the far-fetched kind of camp, campness that's within it. But I, I don't know. It's like I said, like uh, as as we preface the uh, podcast discussions, the more I'm kind of watching Stuart Gordon's work, the more I I, I just dig his his humour, and I yeah. dig I dig the way he kind of uh, made his film. So yeah, I I liked it, but I I think some audiences would struggle with connecting with it, but. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Having said that, there's there's so much shit that's being released now. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's it's a good. It's only what was it for me? I think it was only about an hour and twenty minutes, just under that. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's also good to see something that's short, succinct to the point, and the amount of stuff that's crammed into it. That's why I hope you didn't mind, but being able to break down things like that fight scene with with her. Uh, and, and those fantastic moments where you're getting these these points because even in like Hostel, what I didn't like about Hostel was it was pretty much just that, yeah. you know. Whereas at least this, you're going well. We don't like this character. We want her to go through this pain, and we also yeah. see, also see her reacting to avoid this pain. So yeah. that's what's so so good about it. Whereas in Hostel, it's more just like, no, look, wouldn't this hurt? Yes, it would hurt. Woo! <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, each to their own. That's, that's, I think it still stands the test of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. We'll just wait for the uh, the Hostel musical to come out. That'll be kind of. Oh, I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Uh, yeah, well, look, I've really enjoyed the journey, and, and as I said, reopening this one and looking at it. So, thanks for coming on board and discussing this one and dissecting it with me, Richard. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Anytime. 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 Always good to have you on board. So oh, until then, um, stick around for uh, our last uh, podcast on the uh, Stuart Gordon work, which will be Dagon, and um, we'll kind of have a little look at that. And there was a bit more of a more recent one of his work, but again with the Lovecraftian themes, well and truly entrenched in that one. Um, so stick around mm. for that one when we release that next. Until then, I'm your host Saul Murte, and once again, a big thank you to Richard Lovegrove. Goodbye. Thank you, good sir. You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Music supplied by Peter Nezik. For more discussions or podcasts, head over to surgeonsofhorror.com or head over to our Facebook and Twitter sites for the latest news and updates.